BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. There's something magical about unboxing. When you unbox BritBox, you uncover a world of British entertainment. Stream the UK's most brilliant series, including new and upcoming seasons of Shetland, Father Brown and Death in Paradise. Plus new originals like Payback, Irving Welsh's Crime and Archie, the story of Hollywood's greatest leading man, Cary Grant. Unbox BritBox and escape to the best of British TV. Stream with a free trial at BritBox.com. Whoa, sweet Medicaid. Thanks. Serious upgrade. How'd you pay for all this? I got a home equity line of credit from Figure. I was approved in five minutes and had funding in five days. Wow, that fast and easy? Yep. The application is 100% online, plus no out-of-pocket costs. Just fast access to the cash you need. How do I get started? Go to figure.com and get that serious upgrade. Figure Lending LLC, DBA Figure, Equal Opportunity Lender, NMLS 1717824. Terms and conditions apply. Visit figure.com for more information. For licensing information, go to www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. Well, she's got a lot of things on her mind to talk about now. No Fun, the Jen Kirkman podcast, episode 363, the day before Thanksgiving. Oh my God, 2020, it is almost over. How are you all doing? This is your host, Jen Kirkman. I am a comedian. You may know me from my Netflix specials, Netflix, Net, that's, an, uh, they just bought out Netflix, Netflix, everybody, I'm going to die alone and I feel fine and just keep living. But this is not a comedy special. Oh, no, no, no. This is a podcast. This is where I, solo style, talk to you about anything going on with me in my head, in my world, in the world during the week. And it's sometimes honest. I mean, it's always honest. <laughs> Freudian slip. It's sometimes serious, sometimes funny, always real. So there you go. Relax, get in. Don't worry about punchlines. They're not coming. I always say this is a great podcast to do your dishes to, or if you need company while you're driving over a scary bridge, put me on. There is also a Patreon version of this podcast, and those of you who are members already know that I did 20 minutes of talking to y'all before I hit record on this very episode that you're listening to. So for everybody out there listening, um, and you're not a Patreon subscriber, you didn't get to hear my 20-minute rant about why I am annoyed at Rachel Maddow's COVID speech and what I think she left out that could have been very useful. And again, those Patreon subscribers get the video version. So they get to see me at home in front of my great wallpaper, wearing my blazer with sweatpants. I mean, it's like getting four really, you know, uh, 
weird comedy specials a month. For just $5 a month, you get the video version and you get to support me because I'm not on tour in 2020. I certainly did lose half my income and I'm not on tour in 2021. Obviously, I'm doing fine. I have a few other little things here and there that I can do, but the portion of my income that has been from touring is now gone. So pick up the slack. Why don't you join me on patreon.com slash Jen Kirkman. In addition to the video version at $5 a month, you get an extra 20-minute bonus episode every week that's about celebrity or pop culture. And there are four of those bonuses a month. They go up with each price range that you go up in 10, 15, 20, and there's more. And then higher price ranges, you get merchandise like a mug or a t-shirt or a poster exclusive, not sold anywhere else. So again, if you can afford it, patreon.com slash Jen Kirkman. And uh, there you go. Join whenever, cancel whenever, join back. I I feel you. You know, our financial situations, they improve, then it gets scary again, then it comes back. Join up if you can. All right, great. So what are we going to talk about this week? Well, I have a jury duty update. As you know, I was going to be on the lam because I was going to be skipping jury duty. But it all seemed to have worked out. Hallmark's first gay movie is here. I had a COVID test scare. Matthew McConaughey is going to start doing stand-up. No, I'm not going home for Thanksgiving. And I think everyone talking about it is a big nerd. (laughs) Uh, A great memory of my Nana drinking and taking antidepressants on Thanksgiving. And I will revisit the heartwarming, but this year kind of sad story of the stranger who came to a family's Thanksgiving dinner because of a wrong text. And of course, we have listener emails. What a great, great episode we have ahead of us. So sit back, enjoy yourselves. And one more plug before I start babbling. Did you get your tickets yet to my Jen Kirkman dysfunctional Christmas show? Now you all said to me, I would totally come to your Christmas show. Why is it just in LA? You should do it everywhere. Well, now thanks to a global pandemic, I can do my Christmas show from anywhere and you can all see it. And here's the good news. If you can't make it, on the exact date and time that I am going live online. If you buy a ticket, it allows you to own the show for 48 hours. So you have 48 hours to watch it. So you really have no excuse not to support. And and it's the only online show I'm doing in 2020 and in 2021. Unless we're still where we are next year, the next year's Christmas show will be the same thing. So the Jen Kirkman Dysfunctional Christmas Show, it is not an hour of my stand-up. I will be doing a monologue. I'll be singing a song. I'll be having surprise special comedian guests who will tell crazy stories. There will be sketches like the Hallmark movie spoof sketch that I do every year. This year's will be focused on Lori Laughlin going to jail. Um, you will recognize a couple people from... Uh, my life that are coming to do the show and other people you may not recognize, but you're going to love them anyway. There will be a little bit of music as well. It's a great show. It is Friday, December 4th, 6 p.m. Pacific time, 9 p.m. East Coast time. Again, you don't have to be available during that time. You can just buy a ticket and watch it within 48 hours of uh, Friday. You know what I'm saying? 
48 hours from Friday, December 4th at 6 p.m. So there you go. Get your goddamn ticket. This is how you get it. JenKirkman.com. That's it. It's right on the homepage or click tour. It's also there. If you're on Twitter right now, at Jen Kirkman, it's in my pinned tweet. Or if you can remember this, onlocationlive.com slash Jen Kirkman. Now, please buy a goddamn ticket and enjoy yourself. Um, it should be a lot of fun and it's different. It's different than what I normally do. You'll get to see my sketches and uh, my friends being hilarious. It's for the people who love and hate Christmas and the people who don't celebrate it. So here we go, my friends. Ah. So I have a jury duty update. We'll just get this out of the way because it's really not that great a story. So as you know, last week, and if you're new to the podcast and you're starting with this episode, then go back, go back and listen to last week's episode. I went on a whole thing about how unfair it was that I had jury duty and I forgot to check in for it. And then I got penalized and they said I'll owe $1,500 if I don't show up for my next scheduled jury duty. And I had sent them letters from my pulmonologist and letters from my shrink saying she has a pre-existing condition in her bronchioles and she can't get COVID. And then my shrink saying because of a pre-existing condition and her anxiety, she can't sit there all day. She'll be too anxious. Why do you want a juror like that? They still said, we don't care. And so I had to start checking in last week every night to see if they needed me at the courthouse. And uh, I was told I would be checking in every day during the week. Um, ending this this week, the week that I'm I'm recording this early, so you're hearing this the day before Thanksgiving. I'm recording it on Friday the 20th. So all this week I was supposed to be checking in, and guess what? I checked in once, and they said, "Nope, check back tomorrow. You don't have to come." And then I checked back the next day, and it said, "Congratulations." Well, I don't think it said congratulations, but it said you have completed your jury duty service. And I was like, "I did. I didn't even fucking do anything." I guess they just decided they didn't need me for the rest of the week. I don't know if the case got thrown out. I don't know if they listened to this podcast or I was complaining how unfair it was and they should go just find someone who doesn't take COVID seriously and let them sit in a courtroom all day with bad ventilation, wearing a mask that I'm sure particles can still get through, blah, blah, blah. So there you go. There's my jury duty update. Hopefully, I won't be called for another few years. I've already served. Oh, no, I didn't serve jury duty, but I've already been called. I think it was maybe four years ago, and I showed up in the courthouse. I think there's even a podcast episode about it because, of course, I ran into someone that I hadn't seen since like the open mic days of Los Angeles 10 years prior and someone I probably met once and they were like, oh, I guess you don't remember me. And I didn't and I didn't know how to get away. And it was just a nightmare. So I don't even remember the story. I just know it was something like that. And so I don't know, scroll back four years and amuse yourself with that <laughs> with that tale. Um I don't have many any more information about the Matthew McConaughey thing other than I just saw a headline on Twitter that said Matthew McConaughey is going to try stand up. Now, I don't know what the fuck this man is thinking. First of all, he's been one of the biggest proponents of 
sheltering in place and wearing a mask and don't go here and don't go there. It's been fantastic how seriously he as a celebrity has been taking COVID. And again, he is following my cardinal rule. Even if you are breaking the rules, do not post about it. Just pretend that you are sitting in the fucking house. So I just saw that headline and I was like, "Eh, you know, you know, he's got this book, Green Lights, and I got the book. And I don't know why I got the Kindle version, because it probably would be better as an audio version, because he has such a distinctive style and a distinctive voice. But I don't know. I like to read as well. And uh, anyway, I bet this is my theory that, you know, he's got some funny stories in the book. They're real wild. You know, they're they're interesting. They're cool. They're funny. Are they stand up? I mean, I suppose they could be. But the cardinal sin that have I said cardinal sin twice already in this episode that um, the thing that separates a stand up comic from someone telling a funny story is we have us stand-ups, so many funny stories that we could tell, things that cracked us up. Oh my God, I got myself into this crazy, you know, Larry David-ish Curb Your Enthusiasm situation, or oh my God, I've got this crazy family member. You wouldn't believe the things Aunt BB says, you know, when she's three drinks in and smoking a cigarette. And we know that those make, maybe they make good stories in a book. Maybe they make great stories at a cocktail party. I mean, they're not, they're not stories that need to be uh, not shared, but but it doesn't mean it's stand-up comedy, right? So you could even do, a, like Rob Lowe does a, a one-man show, a, a night of monologues. He's a charming man, a conversationalist, a raconteur. Get up there, Rob Lowe. Do your one-man show. You fucking lived a life. You've, you've got all these celebrity stories. People are interested in that. Get out, get out there. I, I support it. And if Matthew McConaughey wants to do something like that, you know, an evening with Matthew in conversation, get out there, do it. But stand-up comedy is something totally different. And so you might have a really funny story and you get up on stage and you tell it in a stand-up comedy setting, in the art form of stand-up comedy, in a microphone, hoping to make people laugh. Maybe it's in an actual comedy club and it just sort of doesn't go anywhere because the point is it's not just a funny story that anyone can tell. It has to be your point of view. Does that make sense? So I will give an example. I... uh, no, I'm not going to give an example because I'm not a, this isn't a, a master class. I'm just saying there's a ton of funny stories I've had in my life that I go, yeah, I could tell it, but I don't have the reason yet. Does that make sense? So I was just thinking, okay, so I'll give an example. So I will give an example. All right. So in my last special, Just Keep Living, I do this whole story about not really knowing how, you know, periods work growing up and, or, or not, not periods, pregnancy and, you know, all this stuff. And and it's fine on its own. But man, it really, to me, soared and became a bigger piece when I had this incident once where as a grown woman, I got my period. And because it was early and I never have an off schedule, I didn't recognize what it was. And I thought, I thought it was internal bleeding. It's a stupid, ridiculous story, but it goes really well when paired with the other stuff. And the point of view is about like, women still not understanding their bodies. Okay. So it's like, that's the point of it, right? So you like make your point and then prove your point and then tell supporting stories. There's just, it's just an art form. I mean, I got it, you know, it, it actually is 
tricky to do. And there's and that's why some things that you think are so funny, they just don't land on stage because it needs a very specific point of view. Now, Matthew McConaughey does have a very pronounced point of view and style and voice. Again, I just don't think you can call it stand-up comedy, but for sure, get out there a night with Matthew. But I don't know where he's going to be doing this shit because there's a pandemic. So hopefully he'll wait until we all get this vaccine in 2021 uh, or maybe he'll do it on Zoom. I don't fucking know. But could everyone stop thinking that they can be a stand-up because people said your audiobook was funny? That is two fucking different things. Trust me, I'm trying to move away from stand-up and get into just being a person who talks that people listen to. Do you understand <laughs> what I want to do? So maybe we can switch places. But he's fucked because I already called my special Just Keep Living. So there you go. Um. One, two, three, four. Those are numbers, but you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. AutoTrader. So this week, I have a uh, a level. It's now closed. So anyone new listening, you can you can sign up for this level if you want to pay $35 a month, but you will not get this bonus. Anyone who has already signed up, they're on the list. Their shout outs are coming. Sophie Smith is a $35 a month Patreon subscriber. Now what she gets for that is the video version, four 20 minute bonuses a month, a one hour bonus a month. And now she gets a personal shout out for me where I talk about how we know each other. Now, again, this perk of the personal shout out is now closed. You will hear more as the weeks go on, but those are the ones that are left. So Sophie, thanks again for being a subscriber. And now here's the story where I tell a pretend story. Sophie, here's your story of how we know each other. So I met Sophie. Oh, about 20 years ago, I was in Boston. Um, Oh, God, no. No, 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 no. Sorry, I was in New York, but I was going home to Boston for Thanksgiving, actually. And Sophie was sitting in a McDonald's, and she was dipping her fries into her shake, which I am a fan of. If I ever eat McDonald's, that is one of my favorite combinations is taking French fries, putting them into a vanilla shake, dipping them. Oh my God, delicious. And I walked by and I said, I totally do that. I'm so jealous. And she looked at me and she looked kind of weird. Like I have to say, she looked honestly like an orphan that was in a play about being an orphan. I almost thought, oh, maybe she's a Broadway kid or something. I mean, she wasn't a kid. She was probably about 20. And she said, yeah, well, it's the only food I'll be eating this week. And I thought, well, wait a minute. Thanksgiving's two days away. And I said, oh, do you not have anywhere to go on Thanksgiving? And she said, I don't have anywhere to go ever. And I said, I'm so sorry. This is going to be so rude. Are you an orphan? And she said, yes. And I said, you look like one you know, because she was wearing this little blue cap and this kind of gray overcoat and 
this kind of Catholic school girl outfit. She just really looked like, I said, do you live in some kind of, she said, I live with these nuns right now. I said, oh, okay. Yeah, I can tell you you're being dressed by nuns. And I said, well, I'm, I'm really sorry. Do you want any money? And she said, no, no, I just would love to go home with a family this Thanksgiving. And I, you know, listen, I, if I had my own house and my own family, I would have invited her in two seconds. Um, and, and I said, oh, well, I certainly understand that. And I left the McDonald's and I stood outside in the cold and I thought, maybe this is some kind of sign from God that, that I'm supposed to bring her home to my family. Now, my mother hates when I bring home straggling guests. Jennifer, I didn't scrub the bathroom enough. You know, I got to get in there with, you know, and get the grout. But I just, so we put the curtain you know, we, we move the curtain so no one can see it. But what if someone came over and then they, ah, why did you have to, now we've got an extra chair. I have to put out the card table and I don't have a clean tablecloth for it. But I said, fuck it. Our little inconveniences are nothing compared to the Sophie Smith, who I didn't know her name yet. So I went back into the McDonald's and I said, hey, ma'am, orphan, would you like to come home with my family this Thanksgiving? And she said, oh, please, that would be wonderful. And and I suddenly noticed that she had an English accent, but she didn't before. So I gave her all the information. I had her meet me at the Greyhound bus station and I paid for her ticket and we took the bus together to Massachusetts. Now she didn't speak the whole way. She was very nervous. And I thought I have made a big fucking mistake. And then, you know, my, my, um, we got on the subway and then took that to the train and then the train gets off in the center of my town and my mom picked us up at the train station and you know what she and Sophie actually got along famously they had a lot in common they love talking about old movies you know Sophie's favorite movie is White Christmas with Bing Crosby so oh my god she and my mom are and then you know we're sitting at the Thanksgiving table and we don't normally say grace and Sophie was like I I think it would be nice if we all thank God and then we all felt stupid, like, oh, of course, we're supposed to, yes. And so we did and and said grace and then, you know, started eating all the food. And then um, as we're sitting there, um, you know, my dad says to Sophie, now, where in England are you from? Because Kirkman is an English name. And she says, oh, I'm not English. And totally is an American accent. We were like, wait, what's going on? And she was like, I'm sorry, I can't keep this up anymore. I'm a performance artist and I'm doing a piece. I'm doing a, an essay on the kindness of strangers. And so I do this thing and I just, you know, I, I see how many people offer to take me home for Thanksgiving. And then I write about the people that talk to me that don't. And so with your permission, you're all going to be in this piece that I'm writing. And I'm like, wait, what kind of performance artist also is writing a piece? And she was like, oh, it's a whole genre of performance artist. It's actually called performance artist um, local reporter. And I was like, oh, okay. And she's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm a local reporter for New Jersey News. So anyway, and I said, well, what is, what's the conclusion you've come to? And she's like that some people are nice and invite you to their homes and that other people aren't. She's like, and another conclusion I've come to as a local reporter is that most people who are murdered are the type of people who just let people into their homes. And I'm like, uh-oh, this is getting fucking weird. Is she a murderer? And so my mother said, are you a murderer? And she said, no, I'm not. And you know what? She didn't turn out to be. So it turned out that Sophie was doing this story about the kindness of strangers. And it turns out that a lot of other people had invited um, her back to their family homes, but she actually thought these people were weird and some of them had involved like a whole plane ticket 
And some people were like, oh, we live in a one bedroom downtown. And she was like, that sounds too small. And she just liked the idea of, you know, going to Massachusetts for for Thanksgiving. She had some friends there. So, you know, after dinner, she her friends picked her up and she went out. And yeah, she published the story. It's on um, NewJerseyLocalNews.com. And if you go through the archives, it should be uh, from about 20 years ago. And she talks all about the Thanksgiving that we had together. And, you know, I, I felt a little had at first. And I, I have to admit, I was a little mad at her. But we have spent every Thanksgiving together since then. It is no matter what's going on in our lives, we have spent every Thanksgiving together since then. And um, it's going to be tough this year. You know, Sophie and I will not be spending Thanksgiving together, but we will probably do it over Zoom and, and have some laughs about like the 20 year anniversary of when she was an orphan. Um, so Sophie is still working at NewJerseyLocalNews.com. And, um, you know, she's also a really, really big performance artist. Um, you can check out some of her shows. One is called The Littlest Orphan. Uh, the next one she did is called The Medium Sized Orphan. And uh, yeah, we, I mean, just keep your eyes out for what she's got going on. She's really great. And thank you, Sophie, for being a friend and for being a $35 a month Patreon subscriber. And I hope you have a wonderful Thanksgiving, but we'll be talking soon. We'll be talking soon. Oh my God, I forgot to say at the top of the show, oh, I'm such a jerk. I am part of the Misfit Toys Collective started by Jimmy Pardo of Never Not Funny and Matt Belknap. So please check out the other podcasts in the collective, Never Not Funny, Doug Loves Movies, Mike Schmidt's The 40-Year-Old Boy, The Todd Glass Show, and now just added to it is Jonah Ray's new uh, podcast about watching a movie with him. I believe we'll hear an ad for that as well. Hello, my name is Jonah Ray Rodriguez, and I have a new podcast, Let Me Watch Your Movie With You. It's a film podcast that's also a commentary track. You can listen in on conversations between me and actors, directors, and writers while we watch the movies they made together. You can hear Felicia Day explain her acting method in Puka Lives. This is 100% hey. my saucy mom. Jason Voorhees actor Derek Mears swings by to discuss the state of the horror genre when we watch Friday the 13th. Yeah, there's a lot of Slayer haters out there. Director Alejandro Brugas recounts when John Lance Landis visited the set of his movie, Juan of the Dead. So John Landis came and he didn't see one zombie, but five naked Cubans. I find out about the voices in Critters 2 from writer-director Mick Garris. So I did a lot of the Critter voices, including... Alex Winner talks about the original ending of Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey. All of our, our nightmares from hell get unleashed back onto Earth and, and start to get into a car chase. So subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast app and watch along with us. Let me watch your movie with you, part of the Misfit Toys Collective. So, everybody. Huh. Oh, no. Why am I echoing? Uh-oh. That's no good. Okay, it's fine now. Sorry, everybody. <laughs> Nobody heard the echo but me. It's okay. I'm going insane. So... I'll tell you about my COVID scare. And I don't know who this story is going to help. Probably no one. But I think I talked a little bit last week. Maybe I didn't. I had a little bit of a cold. Just a teensy cold. I don't know where I got a cold from. I haven't been anywhere around anyone without a mask. I've gone on a, two walks in the past three weeks. 
uh, three walks, one hike with my friend Tammy, a neighborhood walk with my friend Justin, and a walk around this dog park reservoir with my friend Lisa. All of us in masks. Could I say we were six feet apart? Mm, Maybe four feet apart. So there's that, but you know, outdoors in a mask, blah, blah, blah. Um, Maybe one of them had a sniffle. I don't know. I don't think they did. And uh, then I did some errands. I did some appointments. I certainly went hours without washing my hands at some point. Always hand sanitizing every two seconds when I'm out and about. Sometimes wearing gloves. Sometimes with Clorox wipes in my hands to grab doorknobs to clean my steering wheel every time I get in the car. But You know, I thought maybe my immune system is a little bit weak from, I think I talked about this last week, from the, um, you know, the regular workout that our immune system gets sitting in an office with people, right? Or being around our kids or living with a partner that we're kissing or whatever. Like none of these things are happening right now. So it's like, I'm not... My, my immune system isn't really getting a workout in that way. Now, maybe all of this is bunk and it, it's not even, it doesn't mean that when you're not doing that stuff that your immune system isn't as strong. Who knows? But I'm taking vitamins and, you know, all the, all the things and I'm really avoiding anything too unhealthy. I'm not, I'm not in the like binge drinking, eating a ton of sugar mode, been, been there been there for sure. Um, but you know, been, been like probably the healthiest eating and lifestyling I've ever been in the past month. And I got a little post nasal drip. Now I don't have allergies. I've been tested 40,000 times. Um, could be the weird changes in weather here in LA, but that usually doesn't bother me for extended periods of time. The one thing I think it could be is this sphenoid sinus, which is a sinus in the back of the sinuses. It's closer to the brain. It controls the post-nasal drip. And I had surgery on it two years ago because it had been blocked and clogged for probably more than 10 years. And it was uh, so blocked that it was just slowly dripping constantly every day. And uh, I never knew what it felt like to take a deep breath through your nose and feel it go all the way through your throat, like just never. So I have that feeling again where I don't feel that airway flow. And so there is a world where my little sphenoid sinus might be backed up again. My surgeon said it should cure it for life, but sometimes these things happen again. So I could go back to him and get a CAT scan. Uh, Just feeling lazy. And I'll just wait and see if this thing lasts more than a month. Then I'll know that it's probably that. And I'll take a little trip. Now, it also could be my reflux. When you um, eat acidically, it causes reflux, which causes post-nasal drip. And I am on and off the acidic foods, which include um, like red sauces or salsas or wine. I'm really not drinking wine right now, but I had been. And, you know, who knows? I don't know how long it's going to take to heal. So I'm doing all of the recommended dietary things from my doctor that deals with that and taking the supplements for that. So not really looking for remedies, just explaining that I had a cold. I was pretty sure it was either a cold or some kind of, like I said, this weird sinus thing is back or it's dietary. I wasn't worried about it because I had no other COVID symptoms, no fever, no chills, no headache, blah, blah. Now, I'm very lucky in LA. We have free testing all over the damn place. Um, there's two, you know, within a 10 mile drive of me. So 
And there's hundreds, 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 hundreds of appointments available every day. So I've been going like once, I started going once every two weeks and then I it became once a week. And there's also a place where you can pay to get it done. And I've done that one as well. And that's the one I did last week because I wasn't able to get to the free one. And I just wanted to 100% make sure this cold was nothing. So how it worked was I had a test last week. By the time you hear this, it's going to be, the weeks are all off because I'm recording this a week in advance. But let's just say two weeks ago, I had a test and it was negative. So a week, So then I really hunkered down and didn't go anywhere for five days. Then I got another test a couple days later, really after hunkering down and not having gone anywhere that week so that I could be 100% sure that it was a real negative. So I get this test back. And this is why it was weird. Because it's a paid place and I've gone there before. And this is the kind where they stick the nasal thing up your nose. And the free testing in LA is the spit kind. And I always feel based on nothing that the spit kind isn't as accurate. None of this is true. I had heard that like at the way beginning of COVID testing and I need to re-regulate my opinion or re, not regurgitate, but I need to just change my opinion because um, science changes and it is no longer true that the coughing and spit swab is not as accurate as the nasal. But anyway, I, it's still in my head and I was like, I'm just going to go get the nasal and I'll pay for it because I, I can only go on a Sunday and it's convenient for me and blah, blah, blah. So I go to the place. Now you can request rapid results so you can get results within 12 hours. I did not need results within 12 hours. So they said, you should be hearing uh, something in your email by Tuesday or Wednesday. I said, great. And I wasn't planning on going anywhere between Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. So I was like, no problem. The reason that I get a test, now let me put it this way. I'm not working with others right now. I don't, I live in a condo, but I don't live with anyone. But the reason I'm getting a test is because I do randomly do things. And I like to have a baseline for when I was last negative. So the reason that we went into lockdown when we went into it the first time, I mean, was to buy time so that the nation and states could come up with a contact tracing system so that they could help figure out when there are outbreaks, where it comes from. But that never happened. We went into lockdown. None of that ever went into place. We came out of lockdown Now there's such massive community spread everywhere that it's really hard to pinpoint where anyone got anything. So I try to be a responsible citizen, citizen, and I am my own um, CDC. So I get tested. My new thing now that we are having rates higher than we ever had, especially in Los Angeles, and that to be honest, we know that it's spread through aerosols in the air, but that we don't have a ton of information because nobody fucking talks about how they got it to know 
exactly what is really risky and what isn't. We know the basics, you know, certainly don't go into people's homes and sit there maskless and have a 15 person dinner. You know, I'm shocked comedy clubs are open and people are allowed to laugh and expel air that hangs in the room without a mask. I I listened to a really interesting podcast. Um, I don't know him personally, uh, but Adam Conover, who does Adam Ruins Everything, has a podcast called Factually, and he recently had, uh, and he's had a, a bunch of times during the pandemic, um, epidemiologists on who talk about this. And again, it's about aerosols. And they can stay in the air for 14 hours. And it's about being careful, like in a, this whole notion that, oh, we wipe down the surface after everyone comes in. It's not a surface thing anymore. I mean, yes, we can all get infected by surface. Technically, COVID, if tested, can live on a surface for days but mostly we get it from aerosols. And so if we're all sitting in my home, even if we're all six feet apart, the aerosols hang in the air. There's all different sized droplets. There's big ones and small ones. They hang in the air for 14 hours. So it doesn't matter how far apart you are because once you expel any air, It's all mixing now and it can come over to you. So you got to be careful. And this notion of, oh, it's totally safe to go in that room because it's been an hour since anyone's been in it. Uh -uh. Keep your mask on. And so that was kind of a game changer for me. There was, oh, it was not just that podcast. It was another one by this guy, Andy Slavitt, who had scientists on. And um, I retweeted that one. Anywho. So. But I'm starting to think now, I know that masks are totally effective. But if you remember, at the beginning of the pandemic, the big thing for nurses and doctors was everybody with your N95 masks, don't go buying them up. Save them for the healthcare workers, right? Because those are the only ones that really, 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 really 100% will protect you. Masks, when worn between two people who are six feet apart, it's like, really, really good chance that protects you. But technically, yes, some particles can slip out, but but it's like 85% effective. So this isn't a masks don't matter unless they're N95. Fuck no. Masks work. We've seen this. We know this. But I always hold in my head, well, these aren't N95s. And so if I'm walking through a bunch of aerosols at CVS, even if I'm the only one in there, can I get it? You know, is my mask too loose? I mean, I don't know. I'm not a mask expert, right? So I always think about that. Like, I don't know. Is there a risk here? How big is that the actual risk? Now, I'm not really asking for an answer. I'm just throwing out different ways that people can get it. So as things started to just you know, it just became undeniable that the new normal was going to be going out and wearing a mask and limiting um, contact to being outdoors only. So I never did any socializing indoors. I did go to some appointments. Now, again, this week between tests, I went nowhere. But in general, where I have gone since September is an outdoor mani-pedi, outdoor haircut, 
where you did have to go inside for five minutes while they watched the hair die out because I did get a dye. But it was me and the woman in the salon were the only people. She had a mask on. She didn't allow any other customers that day. She's high risk, blah, blah, lives with her family. But outdoor mani-pedi, you know, it's like not quite six feet apart because I got to get near you to touch your fingers and toes. But outside masks, I felt safe. I went and got a bikini wax. Now, listen, is that necessary? No. No, it's not. I'm just neurotic and I like the way it feels and I wanted my Brazilian, okay? I don't need to do that. And I would have judged anyone doing it. Um, Well, I guess once things were open, I just felt like we opened too soon. But then once everything was open, I was like, I guess nothing's ever closing again. And I think we're going to be in masks for two more years. So I better get fucking used to realizing what's risky. And And I really thought there's not much risk. I'm going inside and I'm in a small room with someone. I had three masks on and gloves. She had a mask on and I asked that there be no small talk so that we don't expel droplets. It took about five minutes and I was out, maybe seven minutes. I went to CVS a couple of times to pick up a prescription I maybe dawdled a little bit. I started feeling comfortable and just kind of looking at things. A friend of mine was sick, had surgery. So I walked next door. There's an Urban Outfitters right there. I went in and bought her some socks, some fun socks. Then Starbucks, which is down the street, was having a, the, the Christmas blend was already out. So I went and bought some poundages of coffee beans in a mask. Now, all of this, I, again, have my Clorox wipes in my pocket. And I use it to open doors or I'll put my gloves on. But then once the gloves touch anything, I take them off. Then I get back in my car and I hand sanitize. I hand sanitize the whole time it's in my purse. I know that that's not as effective as washing hands. But if I can't wash my hands, then I Clorox wipe the car. Then I hand sanitize again. I take off my mask after doing all that in the car. Put all the windows down. Breathe the fresh air. go back into my apartment. So I have an underground parking spot. Then I get out, put my mask on. As I walk up the back steps, I don't use the public elevator anymore. And I get into my place and I wash with hot water like I'm trying to rub my skin off. I'm not one of these people that takes off all their clothes and throws them in the laundry. I'm just, I just know that it doesn't spread that way. Maybe if I went into a hospital ward, I'd probably feel differently. Um, I haven't gone grocery shopping because I feel like that's just too long inside of a place and I enjoy the delivery and I am lazy. So that I enjoy that. I never liked grocery shopping in the first place. I have adopted um, a schedule of walking a mile to the local farmer's market outdoors every Sunday. I go at 8 a.m. I get there at 8 a.m. before it gets crowded. Everything is cordoned off six feet apart, six feet apart. I wear gloves because I'm handling cash. Again, I keep removing the gloves, putting new ones on, hand sanitizing, two masks on, even though I'm outside. And then I walk home and I wash everything. So that's kind of how I'm living, right? Um, I've done some walks, like I said, socially distanced walks with friends. I went to one friend house uh, outside 
um, more than six feet apart, 10 feet apart masks, but I did have a drink, so I would take my mask down and have a cocktail. Actually, that one friend won't wear a mask when she's at her own house outside. She thinks distance is enough, so she didn't wear the mask. Another friend, uh, he had uh, me and two other people over, and we were 15 feet apart. We all had masks on, and there was a fire pit in between us. And I think, what else have I done? I think that's it. I went to a couple doctor's appointments, saw the gynecologist, got my yearly looking good. Um, I went to get my yearly physical looking good. Uh, haven't gone to any dentist or anything. I went to, I think that's it. That's all I can think of that I did. Um, yeah. So, you know, stuff like that. Those, those are the things. Oh, I went to get acupuncture. Um, I won't be doing that again. My acupuncturist, uh, very, very careful. He opened back up. He's got HEPA filters, the whole thing. Those really do work. And I made sure that I was the first appointment of the day. So no one had been in that room in well over 16 hours. And I, um, double mask it. He masks it. And that's it. But I think I'm not going to do that anymore. But that was when I was feeling like, you know what, we're just going to eventually have to get back to normal, but with masks on. But that's it. I haven't like gotten a massage. Some of that stuff's open, like at my chiropractor's office. Technically, if it's like considered physical therapy, chiropractor's open, haven't done that. Um, so those are the things I've done. Haven't done any outdoor restaurants. Don't believe in it. Don't think it's right. I think it's really, really high risk. Um, it turns out it kind of is. There's an informal thing going around that says about 15% of COVID cases in LA are from outdoor dining. So um, that's it. And so I take the test. I know this is getting somewhere. So I take the test and I go back home and I don't really think about it. And I'm supposed to get, again, this is a Sunday. I've paid for the nose swab test. I have a tiny bit of a cold. And the colds never progressed and got worse. It was just the stupid drip that I have. So that's what I'm pretty sure it's probably dietary. But anywho, so I'm laying in bed that night and I'm about to go to sleep. And uh, for some reason, I check my email and there it is, test results from the lab. Now, I didn't ask for rapid testing. They didn't charge me for rapid testing but I have gotten rapid results. Now, maybe they just had them ready and figured, hey, fuck it, we'll send it. But sending it at 1030 at night made me nervous because I thought, do they always send these at 1030 at night? Like I, you know, I've, I've, I've had rapid testing before and I've gotten the results by 5 p.m. I felt like I already felt nervous opening it because I thought this seems weird that it's coming back so soon. And it seems weird that it's coming at 1030 at night. It seems like someone really needs me to have some information. Now, the last time I took this paid test, the paperwork looked a certain way. It was all these columns and it just said my name and then it would say results uh, negative. It would say the word negative. So I get this test. Now, I'm holding it up for uh, the Patreon subscribers. Do you see here where it says this? 
it says, if you open up the email, I have the paper right here, and you look at the document, it says this word, assay, A-S-S-A-Y. And then it says, infectious agent detection by nucleic acid, severe acute respiratory syndrome, coronavirus 2, SARS-CoV-2, coronavirus disease, COVID-19. That's what it says. And I went, oh my fucking God, I know I am. I started flipping out. And then I, I literally, right under it though, it says result negative. Negative SARS-CoV-2 RNA is not present. But why does it say coronavirus disease COVID-19 under assay? Do you see what I'm saying? I was all confused. And I was like, wait a minute. And I looked at all my other tests and they just don't look like this. And this came straight from the lab. It didn't even go through the company that sent it to the lab. So I'm like... I must, I, I started freaking out and going, okay, um, it means that um, they've detected some kind of infectious respiratory syndrome, but it's not COVID, but I do have a respiratory infection and it's going to be a hellish week. And then I went, okay, maybe, maybe I haven't been paying enough attention. Maybe it's like HIV AIDS where like, I don't have COVID-19. I mean, where I don't have SARS COVID-2, but I do have coronavirus COVID-19. And I'm like, wait, but no, I know that's the same thing. No, Jen, maybe you do. And so I just start freaking out. I'm like, what does this mean? And, and I'm just, I'm literally, it's five minutes of that. There are tears bubbling up in my eyes. My entire body is gripped with anxiety. It feels like I'm in a vice, like I'm being pushed by two big cement blocks and I'm just being squished and I'm, I'm hot all over. There is just flames. My entire, all my blood boiled and burst into flame. I was freaking out. Like, like if you looked at me, you would not notice, you would not think someone's freaking out, but it, it was all internal. And, and I, and I just, the first thought I had was nothing I did was worth it. Nothing I did was worth it. But I had to remember, Jen, all those things you've done were over the course of the last two months. You didn't do anything this week. So it's going to be really hard to say how you got it this week. I think you went to CVS once for 10 minutes to pick up a prescription. So I guess you're going to have to tell people that and I'm thinking like, well, well, what if I've had it for a while and last week's test that, that was negative was a false negative and, and I should just tell everybody what I've done. And I just said, well, you know, I'm a public figure and I'm, I've been ranting and raving about Corona. So I'm going to just tell people like, look, I got a bikini wax three weeks ago. I got um, an outdoor manicure. I went to CVS. I went to Urban Outfitters and got some socks. I had my double mask on. And I'll tell people that like, I don't think that's where I got it. But, you know, um, I, these are the things I did, and and that's that. So, um, but it was interesting because there was a certain amount of shame that did come over me, for sure, thinking like, but then I just, then of course I was like, how the fuck do I have COVID when everyone else I know is literally on vacation every two weeks and combining households with friends, indoor dinner parties, and people have just given up on me. They don't even invite me to anything anymore because they know I'm not going to. They don't even tell me they did it. How do I have COVID from going to CVS for 10 minutes? And 
then I was like, well, this will be an interesting story. You know, I, I was, then I went, maybe I should Google the meaning of the word assay, A-S-S-A-Y. And I Googled it and it means to assess. In other words, the paperwork reads like this. This is what we are assessing. Um, infectious agent detection by nucleic acid. By, by using your DNA, we are testing for an infectious agent. What we are looking for is severe acute respiratory syndrome, coronavirus 2, SARS-CoV-2, parentheses, coronavirus disease, COVID-19, using the blah, blah, blah technique. And it says negative, SARS-CoV-2 RNA is not present. Now, I have to believe that coronavirus disease, COVID-19, is also that and is also not present, or it would have said it was. But SA means this is what we're assessing. And underneath result means, and this is the result of our assessment. Now, I don't know why they had to go put some fucking Latin third year college word in there. (laughs) But I texted a couple friends and they were like, you dumb fuck. That means assessment. I'm like, I didn't fucking know. When, When did you people get to be geniuses all of a sudden? But I'm telling you, in those five dark, lonely minutes at 11 at night that I thought I had COVID. I'm telling you right now, it changed everything. And now I don't want to risk it. And I'm not going to go back into like severe, severe lockdown. I'll still take walks with friends and a mask, but no more extras. No more. No. It scared me too fucking much. And too many people are getting it going, I don't know where I got it. That I'm like, you know what? It can't. I, I, I'm just going to be more careful or take less risks. I couldn't be more careful than I already am. I'm going to take less risks. So there you go. That's my heartwarming tale of reading a result wrong. But I'm serious. It really... It, it made me so happy and so grateful to be alive. It made me so happy and so grateful to be healthy. It made me so happy and so grateful to have choices. I'm very lucky. You know, I don't have to go anywhere for my jobs. And I felt really grateful. And I felt grateful to have the opportunity to sit and lock down and to sacrifice and to think about our healthcare workers who are just risking their lives for us, shoving their PTSD and trauma down. I know that they're not doing it on the goodness of their hearts. It's their jobs. I'm not saying that like in a bad way. I'm saying like, I don't, my niece who's a healthcare worker is like, we hate the whole hero thing. Like it just, it is, it sucks. Like people are acting like we love this and it fucking sucks and we're being ignored. And they all look at, you know, the social media and they think anyone vacationing or going out to dinner and posing maskless with people outside of their household are fucking assholes. Even if you're not getting sick, even if you're getting lucky, even if you're being safe, um, they just are like, fuck you people. You know, I just, I personally, I wrote a little thread. This will be my Thanksgiving thread for you guys. And then we're going to end the show on sort of a happy, bittersweet story. But again, this does not apply to people who don't have the choice, who have to leave the house for work or who live with an unruly partner or family member. This is for people like me who do not have to go anywhere, but are choosing to because they're bored. So please understand that I'm saying this. Um, 
This is my Twitter thread. If you're going to break the rules and see family or friends you deem safe for Thanksgiving, and this really goes for anything, not just Thanksgiving, but can you at least consider not posting pictures of it? What does that say to the healthcare workers who are risking their lives and dying due to COVID-19? Two, or people who lost their jobs this year and don't have the money to even consider flying somewhere. Or gaslighting people who are taking it seriously, who feel like maybe they're taking it too seriously for doing so. Who are those social media pictures going to be for anyway? Three, can you take pictures and not post them? That is a thing. Do you think maybe it'll be inspirational somehow? Here we are with our family, despite the recommended guidelines. Enjoy this if you can't travel. Four, I think that people are getting the public-facing attitude wrong. I compare it to World War II. We're supposed to be Rosie the Riveter, back on the home front, sacrificing, helping others. We are not to see ourselves as some kind of inspirational survivors living life despite the, five, pandemic. That's maybe the attitude to have if you're in a prison camp and some kind of war, but people doing whatever they want are not the victims here. They don't need to inspire. They need to be in contemplative mode about the real victims and do your part. I know I've changed tenses here. Um, or at least six. And I'm serious here. Don't post about it. Pretend to do your part or ask yourself before every post, who is this for? Do I know how this looks or what I'm saying about what my role was in this historic event? You're on the wrong side. Don't give us photo proof. Seven, there are two Americas right now. I'm not going to pretend I'm suffering. I'm not a healthcare worker. I made money this year. I'm fine. I can work from home. I never even did Thanksgiving every year with my family anyway. But my mood is somber, and it's fine that it is. Eight, this year has been revolutionary in so many ways, and the election was a referendum on many things, but mostly, I think, on Trump's handling of COVID-19. If you voted against Trump, don't act like him this winter. So that's my opinion. Um, if you can't avoid getting together with people, can you at least not fucking post about it? Because eyes are on you, okay? So, you know, it's interesting. Like, everyone's like, I'm not going home to see my family. And part of me is like, you geeks, did you always go home and see? <laughs> like, since 2001, I think I've only gone home to see my family three times on Thanksgiving. Um, you know, it's it's different. Like, some, like one, oh God, uh, 11 years ago, I was in Australia with the cast of Chelsea Lately and the Australians. Thank you, Australians. It's when I fell in love with Australia, 2009, we went to Sydney. Um, you made us all Thanksgiving dinner at this beautiful restaurant. And, you know, other years I've had a boyfriend and we've gone up to, you know, like wine country or like, depending on who I'm dating, what we're doing. You know, one year I had it at home with my boyfriend and his mom. Another year I was like married and my husband and I went to like Lake Tahoe with his family. You know, I was always like with doing other things, but Thanksgiving was always the like, we used to have this big family Thanksgiving um, until maybe I was like 25 and then different sects of the family kind of like dropped off and everyone started doing their own thing. And, uh, and, um, now it's just my immediate family. And I did, I think I did go home the last two years, but again, like for many years, I, I just like had a fear of flying and didn't want to fly twice Thanksgiving and Christmas, blah, blah, blah. So it's just funny because, um, so many people are like, it'll be the first time. I'm not my family. And I'm I'm just kind of laughing because I'm like, God, I guess I haven't, I guess my family isn't all that sentimental. Like the years that I haven't come home, they've been like, okay. Like <laughs> my family isn't like crying over, you know, my family and I are like, we have fun together and we're like weirdly close in our own dysfunctional way. But like, we're not sentimental. Like it's, you know what I mean? Like we are, but we're not like, 
I know I paint my family to be really close. I'm not trying to paint a deceptive picture. Like we're in touch all the time and like, but we're all insane, you know, and we're all insane together. And uh, we don't have normal functioning values, I don't think. <laughs> so times I haven't come home, people have been like, all right. Um, okay, so, but, but I get it. I'm not making fun of people who are close with their families because I, I know that it's painful. And, and I'll be, last year I had a fucking psychotic respiratory infection the, the week of Thanksgiving. And um, I was so sick and they didn't know what was wrong. And I had it for two months and it wasn't COVID. Like, it's crazy. The guy ate the bat like clear two weeks after I already had this thing. But um, it just made me think though that like, there's some intense respiratory infection that did go around last year. And then also COVID. I just wonder like, what's up? I know. Anyway, um, but I was home last year on Thanksgiving by myself anyway, because I couldn't even fucking breathe. I was just on the couch. I ordered like stuffing to be delivered. I was like, Ugh. Um, anyway, great story, Jen. Tell us another. So I'll tell you a story that's not my story. Oh, just one of my favorite Thanksgivings. I really don't have that much me- more memory of it. It's just one of the last ones we did at my parents' house. Um, was when my Nana, Jeanette, my mom's mom, was still alive. And she had just- in her like early 90s or late 80s had started taking antidepressants. I think she was on Paxil. She loved it. I'm taking my little pill and she'd wink. <laughs> and then she'd have wine with it. And she got so randy one year. She was just like, let's, let's, she would always say to me, I'm just out for a good time. And she'd wink. And it made me so sad because she never learned to drive and she didn't really do much. But in her heart, she was like living this good time life. And she said to me, uh, let's play strip poker. And I was like, Nana, I don't even know how to play regular poker. No, we started playing poker. She was teaching me how. She's like, this is boring. Let's play strip poker. Come on, Ronnie, to my dad, her son-in-law. And he was like, okay, Jeanette, no, no, no. And she just started getting crazy. And then she started sitting on my dad's lap and we were taking pictures. And I think he was just like, "Uh, Joanne, your mom's trying to rape me. Oh, it was fun. Anyway. Be careful combining your meds and your alcohol. That's that's my other Thanksgiving advice. So I said I had some listener emails, but we won't have time to get to them. I'm sorry. Thanks for playing, but we'll read a bunch next week, and you can all let me know how your season went. I seem fun at gmail.com. Tell me what you did instead of doing something on Thanksgiving, and get that to me before, like, get that to me sooner than later. Um, so that I can read it on next week's episode because I record it. Uh, I'll be recording it probably. Oh, I don't know. It might not make it already for that episode. But um, listen, my friends, this is a story. It went around Twitter a couple years ago. This guy's name is Jamal Hinton. And he did one of those how it started, how it's going threads. So basically, um, I'm going to Google this story. It's really, really funny. Okay, so there was a grandma who accidentally invited um, This happened in 2016 when this young man, Jamal Hinton, was 17 years old. He received a text from a grandmother named Wanda Dench. 
and it was a wrong number, but she included Jamal on a group text. And she said, Thanksgiving dinner is at my house on November 24th at 3 p.m. Let me know if you're coming. Hope to see you all. Of course, that includes Amanda and Justin. And then Jamal wrote back, who is those? And then she wrote back, your grandma. And he said, grandma, can I have a picture? And she said, of who? And he said, you, LOL. So Wanda sends a picture of herself. Yes, here I am at work. And then (laughs) he sends back, she's a white woman. He sends back a picture of himself. He's a black kid. He goes, you're not my grandma. And then he makes like the smiling, like crying, laughing face. He goes, can I still get a plate though? And she wrote, of course you can. That's what grandmas do. We feed everyone. So Jamal actually went to grab that plate. (laughs) So it says, um, so he actually ended up going over to her house. And uh, since the heartwarming story first broke, Dench has named Hinton as her honorary grandson. In an interview with the Arizona Republic last year, Dench said it was nice having everybody here. We got to laugh about last year and reminisce about how it all blew up on our phone and how I had to change my number. We had a laugh and a good time. Um, He said the world, Hinton said the world is becoming a better place than it used to be. So I guess what happened, I want to see the whole story. Um, So basically she ended up, I guess, inviting him over and. Okay, so his girlfriend and him, Michaela, went to um, Wanda's home for Thanksgiving. They went that year and then they started going every year. He said, gaining a new grandma, I thought maybe I'd gain one getting married, but as a friend, it's great. So now he's 21 and there's all these pictures of Wanda um, and Jamal Hinton together, him and his girlfriend, his now wife, like the whole family became friends. Um And so Wanda Dench said, I grew up in the military. My dad was in the Navy and my husband was in the Army and we moved around a lot. So I was always going to new places. And so strangers were not strangers to me. Family is more than blood. It's the people you want to be with. So this Thanksgiving, they said, will be kind of sad because Dench's husband, Lonnie, won't be there. He died in April from COVID-19. She said it'll be very sad um, and that her husband really adored Jamal and Michaela. So there you go. I feel like I just ended this episode on such a sad note. Wow. Classic Jen Kirkman. Classic Jen Kirkman. Well, I hope you all have a happy Thanksgiving. Again, if you're going to be up to some fuckery, don't post pictures of it. Remember, back in my day, we would take pictures. We wouldn't even get them developed for months. And then once we did, we'd put them in a little book known as a photo album and we'd put it somewhere on a shelf in our living room and look at the pictures years later. So think about that. Think about that this Thanksgiving. And until next week, have fun. 